Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you for the next hour. We'll go all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Last night, you had Bellator. had a big Bellator weekend. A lot of action that was going on in Bellator. Uh, you, you had Bellator 215, which went down and was headlined by Matt Mitrione, uh, kicking Sergey Karatanov in the nuts so badly that they had to stretcher him out. I've never seen anything like that. It was crazy. It was such a nasty nut shot that, like, the doctor was coming in. They were trying to give him relief, like, by lifting up the shorts because it was that kind of bad. And apparently, like, he had to be re-entered, uh, re-administrated into the hospital, readmitted into the hospital the uh, the next morning because he had internal bleeding. That's how bad this shot was. Like, the fight didn't even get off the ground. So that was a huge bummer uh, to, to headline. And then yesterday we had... UF uh, Bellator 216, which was headlined by Michael Venom Page against Paul Daly. And this was, in my mind, this was going to be Bellator's, one of their signature fights. Like, these guys don't like each other. This has been a fight that has taken a long time to build, but you were hoping with that extra time to simmer that, you get the extra heat on it. Like, people were in on this matchup. They know that MVP and Paul Daly don't like each other, that this is supposed to be just an all-time striking matchup. You got MVP, who's one of the most dynamic strikers in the sport, super fast, super versatile, very unorthodox. And then you have Paul Daly, who who really just has just monster power and probably, you know, would be in the UFC if not for that little referee incident that he had. Like, he is, he's been in the sport forever. He's 36 years old. He's got a boxer's record as far as like the tight the, the the amount of fights that he's had. So he um you know, we, we were all in on this. This didn't need much selling to us, but we were hoping that this was gonna be just an all-time stand-up clash. What were these guys gonna bring to the table? And it was interesting. They go to Douglas Lima beforehand because he was on the desk with Chael Sonnen and Josh Thompson and Jake Glazer, and he goes, He's like, guys, I think that. I think Paul's going to try and and shoot. I think he's going to try and take down MVP. And Chael looks at him like, "Wait, wait, you crazy? Like that? That's you think that's what's going to happen?" And the reason everybody thought this, and and I was in line with Chael, is like, "Hey, Paul Daly, this is a guy who actively goes out and he mocks opponents who take him down and don't allow him the opportunity to strike. Did it with Rory McDonald. Did it with John Fitch. Like he doesn't." He 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 uh he is a huge proponent of that's not real fighting. And look, it is mixed martial arts and that is real fighting and that is part of the sport. It's not the most pleasing thing in the world. And if you are not a fan of of grappling, last night was not your card, that is for sure. 
um, because it wasn't exactly high quality all around. But Paul Daly is is a guy who who mocks this type of style. So, yeah, I was kind of a chair where I'm looking at Lehman and just like thinking, what are you talking about, man? This that that can't be the game plan. And so this first round goes down and it's a staring contest. And all right, we got five rounds. We'll we'll play a little like these guys got to measure each other up, but it's like three strikes between them, like. Paul Daly didn't throw any strikes. MVP threw like a body kick that sent him flying back, and then like a couple, a couple of uh, a couple of punches, and that was about it. Crowds booing, crowds pissed. All right, hey man, where's this? Where's this all-time striking matchup we were looking forward to? And you get to the next round, and you know, all right, Paul Daly does what Douglas Lima said he was going to do: shoots on him, takes him down, doesn't do too much with it. Gets like gets a little bit of a an attack going towards uh, towards the end of it, so it was effective. Like he, he took MVP off his feet, but again, this is not what we signed up for. I guess you know, kudos to Paul Daly for getting a few shots off. Come back towards the next round. Um, you know, it's it, it it's it's another it's another situation where it's like just no action. MVPs gets a little flurry off. Okay, probably two one at this point. Get to the fourth round. Then Daly gets it, shoots on him, takes him down. Probably even at this point. But 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 all the while, guys, like this is not the fight that we were we were hoping for. This is the a uh, uh, grappling match, and we were hoping that this was gonna just be a melee, a melee of strikes and chaos and MVP throwing crazy kicks and knees and super speed with the strikes. And Paul Daly wanted none of it. He was he was just was not interested in getting in a striking match with MVP, which I think in itself was a win because we get to these scorecards at the end of it, and you know MVP gets these little flurries as as these breaks are going on, and I guess that's enough in most people's mind because these takedowns. It's not like Paul Daly was doing a ton with it. He's not a great grappler. He's just better than MVP, who's also not a great grappler. So this fight, it's just it it just it didn't have any moments where we were like, wow, this is this is what we signed up for. This is this is what we were hoping to get. It didn't have any of those moments. It it really was a drag. And I gotta say, like, I came out of last night and and watching a whole weekend of Bellator. And I don't do this often. But I gotta wonder where the hell this promotion is going. Like, what what is the end game with this thing? Like, where where are the exciting matchups that are gonna get people fired up about watching Bellator? Because you know they're on the zone now. They're gonna have more cards than ever. And I look around and I'm trying. There are very nice young fighters. There are guys and prospects that I I want to see. You know, I I want to go in there and. I, you know, I, I'm still interested in seeing what happens with Aaron Pico, even though that career hasn't been what it was. I'm still interested in seeing what Kevin Ferguson Jr. has to offer Kimbo's son. Um, I'm still interested in, in seeing what like Dylan Dennis has to say. James Gallagher is, is fighting. But the one thing I can say with all of those people who I've mentioned is it's a benefit that Bellator is giving them this much exposure, but it's also tough because... Their 
mixed martial arts careers are getting put out there in front of everybody right away. And you're going to see the warts and you're going to see the inexperience and you're going to see the growing pains that these people go through in trying to establish themselves as, as mixed martial arts stars. And it's it's tough to, to look at that crap. And know for sure that any of them are going to be that. I would say that if you were to look at the skill sets of the people I mentioned, you know, Pico definitely looks like the most sure thing. I would say above them as far as young guys who are are going to probably take the next step and are probably there, probably AJ McKee. He looks absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, but I'm talking about what are the guys that, like, what are, what are the things that are actually going to grab your attention with Bellator? Because, you know, they, they were doing the Legends thing for a while where it's like, hey, come, come watch. We got Frank Shamrock against Hoist Gracie. And bring you into the tent, just watch and and see see our matchups. But then I look at last night's card and it's like, you know, we're doing, you know, Czech Congo <laughs> is out there and he's won like nine straight. I don't even know if he won last night. Uh, but and when I say I don't want, I know that he got his hand raised. I don't know if he won that fight. Uh, Roy Nelson versus Mirko Krokop was god awful. And you're just like, yeah, right. You know, we've kind of, we've done the Legends thing. They did the whole heavyweight tournament, and I, I was in on that. That was a cool idea. But, you know, Ryan Bader comes out of it on top, and tons of respect for Ryan Bader. Awesome fighter. Really talented. Um, looks like he's even made improvements since leaving the UFC. I don't know if maybe that's the crop of guys that he's taken on, but, you know, this is a guy in Ryan Bader who basically – was the UFC let walk because nobody cared about him. You know, like, it's cool that he's double champ, but he was about the most nondescript fighter they had on the roster. And they're just like, all right, Ryan Bader, bully for you, good luck. And I don't know if he can care. You know, if you have that guy as a champion on two of your weight classes, I don't know what that can do as a promotion to carry you. So, yeah, that was cool. And Look, they're trying to – they got this upcoming uh, – they have this welterweight tournament that they're doing now, and you got Douglas Lima versus MVP, and that's a really good fight, and and, and hopefully that'll be way better than what we had the last time, uh, what we had last night between MVP and Paul Daly. But I don't know. I, I find, like, Bellator is at a bit of a crossroads right now because I feel like their, their well of the quote-unquote legend matchups have dried up. Um the guys who are really established, I don't know if there's anything that's super fresh there. Like Michael Chandler's taking on one of the uh, the Pitbull brothers again. It's like, all right, okay. And and again, it's not that you don't have respect for those guys, and you don't you don't uh, you don't enjoy watching them fight. But you're just like, well, where where are we going from here? Like, what is what is the next thing? Because it feels like. The same guys have been on top of Bellator. You know, they're guys who have been there for a while, so we've seen those matchups. And it feels like the UFC imports, you know, Bader is the true success story, but I don't know how many people are into watching him and and, and what a draw he can be. And, you know, the other one's Rory McDonald, who's going to be fighting John Fitch. Just hearing that matchup just makes you think, like, you know, make sure make sure you, you put on the pot of espresso before – you watch that bout because it doesn't feel like it's going to be one that's uh, very memorable, even realizing how talented those guys are. It's, 
it's like you just look at the styles. Like, is that going to be a good fight? Is that going to be one that we're, we're going to be talking about? Like, watch that that one turns out to be the slugfest that we were expecting last night. I mean, that, that, that you know, that's that's how mixed martial arts can be. But I don't know, man. I, I just came out of last night with Bellator wondering, like, where are we going from here? What 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 is the next step for this promotion? Where, where what is the hope for Scott Coker, you know? I, I got the the game plan was, hey, let's put all these guys here. Let's put Chael Sonnen. Let's put Fedor. Let's put Tito Ortiz. Let's have all these guys out there. Stefan Bonner, uh, Roy, Roy Nelson, Matt Mitrione, all these guys that, you know, their time's probably up in the UFC, but they still got a little bit left in the tank. But it feels like that tank is a little bit empty as far as legend matchups are concerned. Like, what are the true, out of the guys they got on their roster, what are the ones you have to see? Like, do you... You really into watching Roy Nelson fight anymore? We, it, it, you know, Big Country's a legend. Big Country is is one of the most beloved fighters of all time. Are we really into watching that anymore? Like, do you really think he's got that haymaker left in that hand after watching him and, and how he's been lately? Are we really into watching Mirko Krokop fight anymore? And it's it, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not knocking these guys for getting a paycheck. Good for them. I hope that they can continue to get paid and and continue to set up their families. But the question has to be. Are there compelling matchups with these guys, these these MMA legends? Are there compelling matchups that people still want to see? I feel like they've all kind of dried up. I feel like that that well is 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 empty at this point. So that was uh you know that's kind of that's that's where I come out of last night with Bellator is I was disappointed that we didn't get the fight we were expecting with MVP and Paul Daly because. That was, I thought, the best fight promotion Bellator could bring to the table with any of their on-roster matchups. You know, it was it was a legitimate Bellator rivalry that we all wanted to see, and the fight pooped the bed. It, it, it didn't live any, up to anywhere close to the fans' expectations, and so if that's the best you got, where do you go? <laughs> Like what is what is the what is the fight that's going to draw on everybody? Because MVP, I think, is a star. I think he has star qualities. I think that this is a guy that you could build your roster around. But you know that 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 flying knee knockout was three years ago, and a lot of the times because he is so dynamic, his fights can be a little bit of a snooze fest. If a guy's not if a guy's not really willing to to risk it and engage with him you know he can't really force the the issue as far as taking anybody down he can't really do anything he's he's kind of just waiting on you to engage and if you don't you know it could turn into a a, a wonder boy fight it can turn into maybe an anderson silva fight that's um where people just don't want to engage so if he can give you if he can be more active and if he gives you three fights a year and one of them is is highlight reel you know, maybe you got something there, but it's been a while, I feel like, since we've seen MVP really be the guy that people are just like, yes, I have to see what he's got. I got to see MVP's fight. It's a dangerous game. It's a it's a dangerous game when you rely on a guy who his his uh, his his best asset is those are those thrilling knockouts, because a lot of the times we saw with Paul Daly, this is a guy who who mocks grapplers for not wanting to stand and bang. He didn't want to stand with a guy who. You know, I mean, these guys were were getting nasty with the trash talk, and he had no interest. He saw that 
He was not as fast as him. He wasn't going to be able to catch him with any of his heavy shots. And so he turned a guy who mocked grapplers into a guy trying to grapple your most dynamic striker. I mean, like, I think if it was anybody else, like if it was Roy McDonald last night fighting that fight, and maybe we get that in the championships, I would have felt different because I know that's how Roy will go about fighting. But, you know, like, Paul Daly, like, come on, bro. Like, this is, this is, you, you actively sat there on the microphone afterwards complaining about what you did last night. It was a bit disappointing. I got to be honest with you. Like, if, if it's if it's a case of, hey, it's mixed martial arts, you got to respect it. All right, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll listen to that discussion. Not from that guy. You know, it was like the Stu Gatz version of fighting last night. He's like, ah, hey, buddy, I hate grapplers, but I'm going to hump you to death and hope I get the win. Nah, it's not that, not what I was tuning in for last night. Before we go to break, uh, we're going to get one again to a UFC card coming up to tonight and the uh, and, and some big boxing news. want to give a shout out to Valerie Lareda, who was 20 year old, 20 year old uh, American top team Taekwondo fighter. Um she made her debut yesterday against Colby Fletcher, and she won via TKO in the first round. Uh, really, really good performance from her in her pro MMA debut. And again, this is the one thing I will say. That, to me right now, is the most intriguing part with Bellator is all the youth that they have that is just starting out. The only issue that they got with that is, you know, there's going to be hard time. Like, it's not everybody's going to be undefeated and unblemished. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure for a 20-year-old to, to go out there and, and be broadcast to, to all the world. And you're not fighting on some regional circuit and you're not fighting on some in some small place. You know, you're fighting in a, a big casino with a lot of people watching you. And, by the way, you're on the main card. But she took all that in stride, um, you know, tried to unleash some of her, her taekwondo. Didn't get any of one of those real highlight kicks to, to land. But her striking, she was really fast. Uh, moving all the time, ended up throwing her, her opponent off balance with a kick to the body and uh, and and just destroying her on the ground with some ground and pound and had a really emotional speech afterwards. Uh, I retweeted if you guys want to check that out. But cool part was she is from Miami, and she, she wore that very proudly in her victory speech. Thank you, Connecticut. You will always hold a special place in my heart. Shout out to the 305 Miami. I can't wait to go to La Carreta Palacio de los Jugos back home. And thank you to my father, my family, and the legacy of Master Frank Taekwondo Academy. We are the Loretta sisters. Thank you, Bellator. Yeah, it's really cool, man. Her dad's sitting there crying in the in the cage and uh, super emotional. It was a, it was an it was an awesome moment for her. And I really thought, I mean, look, out of last night, a night where I said that this was going to be the Bellator fight we were all looking forward to. In Michael Venom Page versus Paul Daly, she stole the show. She stole the show overall. Uh, she stole the show over a whole Bellator weekend. Bellator had back-to-back cards, and man, I, I I gotta feel like they gotta they gotta uh, they gotta chill on the back-to-back because they've been big on that lately with doing two Bellator cards in one weekend. Let's 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 slow our roll on that. But uh, shout out to Valer, uh, Valerie Loreda, really great performance from her. Uh, La Carreta, let's get this uh, you know victory. Like she just gave you a huge plug on on national television, maybe. Give her the old the old cater victory meal, all right? That's that's kind of the only right thing to do there. Uh, we'll be back right after this on Fighters Fury. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety the ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. It's Fighters Fury here on the ticket. Tony here with you. Uh, we got 
Cain Velasquez and Francis Ngannou coming up tonight, ESPN. It's going to be uh, their debut on Big ESPN. Cain Velasquez, he's opening up Big Fox, opening up Big ESPN. Uh, his first fight since UFC 200. Got a chance to speak with Cain Velasquez earlier this week, and we'll bring that interview to you later on in the show. He was really, really good, and I figure our audience here on Fighters Fear would absolutely love it. So I'll bring that to you a little later on. Um, you can text the show on the accidentlawfirm.com text line. Uh, <laughs> somebody says, bro, big country and freaking crow cop. Bellator loves to reach. Oh, and Czech Congo has some nudes on one of those refs. There's no way he won. I don't know what those refs are. Like, I, I, I genuinely went to all of those decisions last night and was unsure how they were all going to go. And I feel like, I mean, the MVP one I agreed with, but not strongly. And yeah, Czech Congo winning was a was a stunner to me. I um I don't know, man. Last it was just you know, and, and maybe it was if the Mitrione fight didn't end the way it did with the nut shot, which was like it was you you would have felt better about it. Like, all right, well at least the heavyweight division it's got something. But like the idea that Czech Congo is gonna be fighting for the heavyweight title in Bellator, I mean, whew. That's just something. It's he was you know, he's forty three years old. Um not exactly, not exactly de- de- delivering that that crazy power that he used to. He's just kind of grappling with dudes in the clinch, and and, and uh, you know, every once in a while, he get off that flurry. Like it, you know, they mentioned this in the fight, but it was just like he finally he finally got off this this crazy combination at the end of the fight. It's like, man, what the hell was that the entire time? But he still got the knot, so I guess good for him. Um, you know, and I think next week or in a couple weeks, they got James Gallagher. Who's back? Uh, who's who's going to be fighting again? And that fight card is going to be in Dublin, so that'll be a cool atmosphere for him. But you know, it's so clear that he's he's going the McGregor route, kind of shamelessly. But the thing that's also crazy about it is, it's like he's not a dude who knocks folks out. Like he is, he's a submission artist, and there's no shame in that. But it's kind of like it's it's stranger to have that bravado. I think with that style, I don't feel like it matches up the same way. Um. So there's that, man. I, I just I think it's I think it's a strange one. Uh, one guy texts in. Do you think if MVP wins the Bellator Grand Prix, Dana will give him a chance to fight in the UFC? I think that I think that he would give MVP a chance to fight in the UFC. I, I think Bellator most likely is their hope is that he becomes their feature guy and he becomes their feature star. And you know if 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 he gets this, you know if he wins this this thing flat out, I think a big thing. I think this is very important. I think it's it's important that he ends this tournament beating Rory. I think that's I think that's an important thing for Bellator that Rory wins this fight against John Fitch, which I don't think is an easy one for him. You know, John Fitch because of his style can 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 beat guys out. Now Rory's more well rounded and, and brings more tools to the table. But if he beats beats Rory, um, I think that will definitely give people the itch to see him fight in the UFC because. I think most people acknowledge because I mean Rory's beaten Tyron Woodley. Like p- people acknowledge, like Rory McDonald is UFC quality. Again, one of the things that takes away from him being in the UFC is just his personality. Like if you noticed, the guys who have actually still had something left in the tank that have gone to Bellator, they're not typically the most exciting fighters in the world, or they're not the most bankable stars in the world. The UFC won't let those guys go. They won't. They'll they'll make sure that anything in their power that they stick around or stay in the roster. In fact, the only guys I can think about who have left the UFC who are are still 
in their prime or still exciting fighters, they've gone to one. You've had Eddie Alvarez and Mighty Mouse, who have recently signed up with one. And I think both of those guys are still still have a lot in the tank and are still very pleasing fighters to watch and and are fan favorites. I don't think that the UFC would ever let anybody walk like that. Like, you know, for example, they got this thing going on with Colby Covington. And, you know, now that Colby's kind of got this, this uh, persona that he's got going on where every, and everybody wants to fight him and everybody hates his guts, they won't let him walk because I feel like it's too – it's too easy for him to make bankable fights that people will be into watching, even if he doesn't even have the most pleasing style. But he's got something that will 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 attract fight fans to watching him, at least while this ride goes on for him. Um, but yeah, if you think about the guys that they've really lost who have still been in their prime, Bader, uh, Phil Davis, Ben Henderson, and Rory, you know, like... It, they are all very good fighters, but they, um, you know, they're they're a lot of them are are, are wrestling first. Uh, ben is this this strange distance taekwondo, uh, karate style, not taekwondo, but karate style. That's like, you know, he likes to outpoint his opponents. He's not a guy who necessarily goes for the finish or has been that. That's that's kind of the guys that Bellator gets. You know, Lorenz Lorenz Larkin was a was like a knockout artist that they were able to pick up, but. You know, Lorenz wasn't – I don't think Lorenz is, is championship quality. He's kind of like contender, gatekeeper quality. So, you know, and, and he hasn't had the, the 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 best run at Bellator. I think what it shows, like, look, Bellator's got guys who I definitely think can have success in the issue. We've seen it with Eddie Alvarez, mentioning him. Like, Eddie Alvarez has, has been champ at both. Um, you know, I think Ben Askren is the quality to be champion at both levels. Um, so just because you came from Bellator doesn't mean that you can't fight in the UFC. The question becomes, if you come from the UFC and you go to Bellator, once you make that next stop, what did you have left in the tank or what el- what element did you have missing from your game that made you land in Bellator? You know, like Bellator right now is not in this place where they're going to get the perfect guy. They're going to get the guy who is established and they're going to get the guy that is um, bankable, exciting to watch has 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 great talking ability from the UFC. They may develop their own, like Pico may turn into that. McKee, who's who's I think close to that, he may become that. Gallagher may become that. Lareda may become that. Uh, Dylan Dennis, maybe they'll become that. But they have to grow them on their own. That's why you're seeing all these young guys on their roster that they're hoping can build up. But it takes a while. It does take it takes a while for for these guys because you have to be in this this grounds of how what what do we give them. How do we develop these guys from the start? And what do we do when they when they have slip-ups? When you have an Aaron Pico who looks like the perfect prospect, he has it all. He has the pedigree. But he's been also flatlined once and 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 stung really bad and choked out. So this has happened on big stages. That's tough for fans to forget. And even though it is mixed martial arts and and fans are more forgiving of that. It's not stuff that is it's not stuff that's erased from our mind. You know, this didn't happen on the small circuit where you're just like, hey, that was early in his career. It's like, yeah, well, we we've seen we've seen Aaron Pico get rocked pretty badly a couple of times, and we see some pretty big flaws there in his fighting style. What is the ceiling for him? You think it's big, but you don't know for sure. You don't know for sure. Um so the point being is 
I, I respect that Bellator has all these young guys and this young crop to get there, but it does take time to get the like if you know, let's say on on, on a good note, these people fight four times a year. So let's say you get like a good, you know, eight and 11 and oh, like that's that's still saying like, all right, is this person really ready for prime time? Is this person really ready to carry the company at that point? That's not a ton of fights. It's not a ton of fights. Um it's 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 an interesting spot. So when they're in this spot where they either gotta go and get, you know, or they get guys like Bobby Lashley or Jake Hager, who are former wrestlers and things like that. Nothing the nothing Bellator gets. I, I believe if it's not from the start with these prospects, um, no guy who has an established MMA career is not going to be without his warts and pick Bellator over the UFC. I, I, I just I know that the big thing that they have over UFC is the sponsorships and the drug testing isn't as uh, isn't as strict. But I don't feel like that's I, I feel like what that has done is it's gotten the guys who are like, well, I can make more in sponsorships and I don't really think I'm going to be a champion at the UFC and the UFC doesn't back me financially uh, or marketing wise. So I'll go to Bellator. They'll treat me like a, like a big fish in a small pond. But as far as, but as far as the guys who the UFC really, really wants to get behind or really thinks are real, they're not going to let those guys walk, man. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I, I just feel like from, from yesterday's standpoint, we come out of it and, we lose a little bit. Um, I thought Bellator lost last night. I thought they did. It was uh, it was a rough one. So uh, UFC, we got Kane versus Francis Ngannou tonight. You have um, I'm going to go with Kane Velasquez. We'll have that interview coming forward. We got James Vick versus Paul Felder. Uh, really, really fun fight. Uh, Courtney Casey taking on Cynthia Carval- uh, Calvillo. Uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy. Shout out to Miami. He is taking on Cron Gracie, who is uh, getting a lot of hype behind him. So that's a fun matchup. A lot of uh, a lot of good stuff tonight. Jimmy Rivera versus Aljamain Sterling is going down tonight. A lot of good cards tonight on ES. Uh, a lot of good fights on this card on ESPN tonight, which is exciting. Before we uh, before we get to Kane Velasquez, want to mention a couple of, of boxing notes. Jarrell Miller versus Anthony Joshua. We've talked about this matchup a lot. That was announced this week. It is official for June first. I think it's a great move by Eddie Hearn and AJ to make this fight happen. To come over to Madison Square Garden, I think this is a tougher fight than a lot of people are anticipating. I think a lot of people look at the body of Jarrell Miller and the fact that he's 300-plus pounds and the fact that he doesn't have knock-you-dead power, that he is is not going to be able to hang with AJ. Um, while, while I think Jarrell's margin for error is small because he doesn't have that knockout power, um, he can be overwhelming. And I do think that we have seen cardio issues with AJ. And also, AJ is not, you know, he is not the best defensive fighter in the world. We do see him get clipped a lot in a fight. And so I I, I do think this is a dangerous, dangerous fight, and that's why I'm into it. I don't think this is an easy fight. I think Dillian White would have been the easy fight. Taking a guy on who you've beaten before, doing the fight over in London, He's not he's not the champion of London. He's not the champion of the UK. He's the world heavyweight champion. It's time to branch out a little bit. And I respect that he has that stance of, you know, we've always had to go over there. We've always had to do that. I, I get I get AJ and I get that stance. But it, it it's time for him to 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 spread those wings out and 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 show the world what he can do, especially 
uh, what's going to be likely on the tail end of Wilder versus Fury 2. That report is close. It's probably going to be in Brooklyn. Um, the date they're kicking around is May 18th. So he's going to have two weeks of fallout for whatever the hell happens. Either it's going to be another classic, uh, Tyson Fury wins, or Deontay Wilder is going to be sitting there waiting. I'm sure that he'll be at that fight. And then it's finally go time. It's time to make one of those two big matchups happen. Whoever comes out on top of this, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury fight. The next one has to be against Anthony Joshua and Unify. That's the way it's got to go. So exciting that we got the blueprint. It looks like it's there for the summer. And hopefully by the end of 2019, we get the, the unification bout. When we come back, we will hear from former, speaking of heavyweights, former UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez. He is fighting Francis Ngannou tonight. We will talk about that matchup and more when we come back on Fighters Fury after this. All right, guys, it's Tobin here on Fighters Fury, back with you, and it's rare that we get a chance to run back a guest because we got Sunday fight cards tonight, man. UFC on ESPN, we've been talking about it earlier on in the show. Got a chance to talk to Kane Velasquez, former UFC heavyweight champion, earlier this week before his fight with Francis Ngannou. That thing is official. It is going down tonight, and he was awesome. Got to see a little bit of a different side of Kane as he gets ready to take on the Predator and hopes to get back to title contention. Here's my conversation with former UFC heavyweight champion, Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez, he might be the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time, but he's going to put an end to that doubt when he takes on Francis Ngannou this upcoming week as he tries to, I guess, try and make another run of the title. I guess we'll ask him what he wants to get out of this next run, man. But this guy, he has mowed through the best of the best in the business, and now that he's back in the octagon, it's tremendous. Uh, he started off the UFC's TV deal with Fox, and now... He's kicking off on Big ESPN this Sunday, taking on Francis Ngannou at 9 o'clock. Let's go to the Ryan Fields and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. Truly steps beyond convenient. Very exciting to have you have you back in the Octagon, Kane. We're looking forward to it, man. And thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be back as well. What do you uh, What do you want from this comeback, Kane? Like, is is it back to business as far as you are gunning for the heavyweight championship of the world? Understood that your your friend has it, but like, is is that the ultimate goal that you want to be champ again? Are you getting back in there to? just prove that you can get back to your elite level because you've just been out health-wise and had all that bad luck? What do you want out of this? Yeah, man, for me, um, I'm sure for other people as well, um, man, for whatever I do, I, I want to do it at the best that, that I can and, and be the best at it. So coming back, it's not just coming back for a fight or two. It's coming back and being the heavyweight champion again um, just because I believe I still can do that. So... The reason for me coming back is, yeah, I believe I still compete. I still can compete at the, at the highest level and be the best guy out there. Um, so I'm here to prove that. You're fighting Francis Ngannou, who's obviously a really dangerous puncher, but everybody kind of looks at him as like a, a one-trick pony, that he's just this guy with this devastating punching power. How do you look at him, Kane? Is is this a guy that's that you got to be perfect with the entire time because he has that uh, that type of power or – do you feel like this is a guy with your awesome cardio that you can grind down pretty easily? No, man. Um, he's extremely dangerous. You know, he's one of the best in the world right now at, at, at the heavyweight division. Um, you know, what makes him so dangerous is that punching power. Yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, take anything for granted out there. You just need to be, you know, on the game plan. Um, no, I got to be smart, man. I got to be on. I got to. My defense has to be on. My offense, my counterattacks. I got to go out there and do everything against him. I believe he's a guy that's still uh, still very much learning. Also, uh, the sport of MMA, that he's we're going to see a better version of him in this fight. 
um, where where he does a little more stuff, where he he kicks a little more, you know, maybe he he wrestles a little more. Um, yeah, he's gonna do everything, and I'm I'm ready for that challenge. I'm ready for myself to go out there and uh, prove just to the world that that I'm I am back, and this is this is a great opponent to 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 do that. You train at one of the best gyms in the world. Uh, what what have you seen in yourself? How have you gotten? better in in your in your in your time training for this fight and 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 getting to kind of absorb a lot having that time outside since since UFC 200 what do you think you've improved the most improved the most um just overall you know I feel like I feel like with the time off uh I'm a lot stronger than I was uh you know in my previous years even in in UFC 200 and and uh a couple of years before, because that's when I was definitely, you know, battling those those, those injuries um, and being able to rest all that. Um, I didn't know how how much of a difference it would make, you know. So it's made a huge amount of difference in my strength, also in my in my mental aspect of it, you know. And and again, just ready for this fight. Um, so yeah, we're talking to Kane Velasquez, former heavyweight champion of the world. He is fighting Francis Ngannou. This Sunday, live on ESPN, nine o'clock. Kane, did you ever think that the the UFC would get to this level? I mean, being on ESPN, I mean, Fox was a huge deal, and you were a part of that. But I mean, man, like ESPN's the the biggest sports brand out there. Is it crazy the UFC has gotten to this point? No, I just think you know, with with time, it it, it, it you know it, it happened. Um, you know, with the fast growing sport, and I would say the most the most interesting sport to watch, the most exciting sport to watch. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I believe the sky's the limit for, for it. What do you think? Uh, we, we had this debate. We had uh, Kamaru Usman who's fighting for the welterweight championship on last week, and there was a story out of Colorado where a man took out a mountain lion with his bare hands. And Kamaru Usman, a, a 170 fighter, he said that, he thinks that he can take out a mountain lion easily. Cain Velasquez is former heavyweight champ of the world, one of the baddest men on the planet. Uh, do you believe you could take out a mountain lion with your bare hands? Man, if it came down to life and death, yeah, man, I'm 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 living. I don't care what's in front of me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not going out in anytime soon. So, you know, um, I believe in those situations. You know, you would you would have to, but um, but you know, yeah. So I, I think I would live. What do you think is the biggest animal Cain uh, Velasquez is confident that he would be able to take out? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what about Rhino? I hope I don't get any, any of those situations, you know what I mean? But, uh, damn, I don't know. Dude. That, that'd be pretty tough, you know. Will we go against an animal. What about bear? Your boy Khabib. He's taken down a bear when he was a child. Could you take out a bear? It was a cub, though. Come on. I don't get that. It was a cub. It was, fair. It was even. Fair, but he was a child. It was like pound for pound. Like, do you think he could go grown bear at this <laughs> point? Even. They're both in the same weight class. <laughs> They're both in the same weight class. <laughs> uh, you know, I believe I believe a big, vicious dog I could take out. You know, I could definitely take out, uh, uh, you know, like a uh, – my, my buddy works for the, uh, for the Yuma Police Department. And he had me put on that suit, you know, for, for his dog to, like, bite on. I said, okay, I'm going to put on this suit. You know, just, just for, like, he really had this plan. He just, like, put this thing on me. And then I was thinking, I've always had this theory, like, if the dog's coming at me, I can, I can like, step away from the dog and then, and then kind of counterpunch it. 
And when the dog came at me, the dog came at me, dude, I juked the out of it. It just went, it just flew right, right past me. Um, so, yeah, I could take out a, a canine, you know, trained dog, no problem. Oh, that's tremendous. Like, I would feel like, I, I would feel like your strategy would go, like, I'm going to take this thing down and, like, choke it out. But you're going, like, straight, no, 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 if you're going that aggressive, I'm going to use your momentum and just knock you out, dog. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. You know that, or uh, you know, a good like a nice punt kick to the head. <laughs> uh, but it's it's all about timing. You know, if you miss the timing, you're in trouble. Why? So you better make it count. What? Did, did that take a lot of convincing for your buddy to make you want to put on the suit? Like, are you a dog guy, or were you are you just a crazy person? You're in for the thrill of it. It didn't take much convincing. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. It was like, it was just a normal day. And it wasn't even like at a training facility. It was in front of the Yuma Police Department that we that we did this, you know. Um, and I guess he does it all the time, is what he was saying. And the suit was super safe that, you know, you're not really going to feel anything. So I was like, okay, you know, get some, get some nice dog training, you know, in, in the meantime. So, so yeah. That's wild, man. Does does Cain Velasquez have any? Uh, does Cain Velasquez have any fears? Like you're the ba- one of the baddest men on the planet. Is there anything weird that Cain Velasquez doesn't deal with? Snakes, rodents, uh, heights, anything like that? Heights, uh, heights. I'm okay um, unless the the platform I'm staying on is a little like unsturdy or looks unsturdy. Then then I'm a little scared. But um, I would say ghosts. I'm a, I'm scared of ghosts. <laughs> You I don't mess with that. That's crazy. Do you believe it? So you believe in you believe in ghosts, like haunted houses and all that. You don't mess with that. I believe in ghosts, haunted houses, all that stuff. I've never seen a ghost per se, you know, or, or ever felt something like that. But but if I watch like I watched The Conjuring uh, with my buddy a long time ago, man. My, my wife doesn't even watch scary movies, but I watched The Conjuring, and I swear I lost some sleep over that. That's wild, man. All right, watch Cain Velasquez this Sunday taking on France Ghana. This is a hell of a fight. It's great to have you back, man. It's live on ESPN. We're looking forward to seeing you back in action, Cain. Uh, hope you get out of it uh, completely healthy and we get to see you a bunch of times, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And that's how we close out this week, guys. Everybody enjoy the fights tonight. Uh, we'll put out a recap episode probably tomorrow to give you our thoughts on what went down uh, in Arizona tonight. So have a, be on the lookout for that. Download, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Always appreciate the support there. And we'll talk to you guys same time, same place next week. Fighters Fury right here on 790 The Ticket. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.